I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode is brought to you by MeBank, the bank built and supported by industry super funds. Ever wondered about getting a better deal on your home loan? Well, it might be time to get in touch with MeBank. Whatever your investment strategy, you'll find a loan that's right for you with competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So stop wondering and start saving. Call MeBank on 131 563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now here's the show. But another one is that, you know, once that portfolio grows and I've got a little bit more financial freedom that I can do the things I love like travel and and work at the same time but work remotely and just experience the world. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors, find out more about their stories, mindset and strategy. In this episode, we talk with Patricia Chi, who started building her property portfolio at the tender age of 19. She shares with us her motivations for delving into the property market so early on in life and what she has learned from both failed and successful property investments alike. Working as the head of marketing for a real estate company, she is incredibly busy in her day-to-day life, balancing her full-time role in her company with the management of her personal property investment portfolio on the side. My name's Patricia Chia. I'm the head of marketing at Capeland Young Estate Agents. Um, basically, look after the marketing for the company, so uh, managing the brand, online and print media. Um, I produce a fortnightly magazine, which is distributed to 85,000 homes uh, and local businesses. Um, also regularly meet with our suppliers to discuss pricing and future projects and we've just started an international team about two years ago so I'm responsible for training them so I go up about twice a year just to get that team um, humming along. Um, I'm also part of the management team in our company so I'm responsible for reporting on my department and making suggestions on areas of improvement. Um, also taken on a leadership team role, so I contribute to discussions on company culture and mindset as well as strategies to elevate our service to our clients. And finally, I chair our marketing committee meeting each quarter where we brainstorm new marketing initiatives to discuss processes to execute the new campaigns that we come up with. While juggling so many roles within the company, She always writes down her daily schedule in her diary to keep herself organised and on top of her work. It's a bit of a juggling act. So um, usually I like to plan my day according to my my diary. So I follow that quite religiously. Um, I start the day off uh, doing a quick working in progress meeting with our international team. So I do a quick five to 15 minute whip with them depending on how many questions they have. 
uh, that's daily. Just um, also that helps build our culture so that they know they're part of our onshore team and they're not just um, a separate entity. Um, and then I move into, you know, checking all my emails, actioning all those points, um, making sure I'm getting back to people on time. And then it's just into the day-to-day um, stuff of, um, you know, like tightening up our processes, looking at areas we can improve on and either delegating some of those tasks or taking on some of those tasks myself. And a lot of the time it requires a lot of feedback from our internal team and getting external stakeholders to help me action those points. Mm, sounds very exciting and it seems like in marketing this never-ending stop because I, I'm, I'm in marketing as well on, on the digital side of things. So oh, there you go. It just doesn't stop. <laughs> it never stops and it's such a, a fluid kind of industry I feel. Things are constantly changing so you're always learning and um, there's no processes that you can put in place today that will be relevant tomorrow unfortunately because it is a constantly changing landscape. She went to school in the rougher areas of Perth before attending Murdoch University during her late teen years. I grew up in, um, anyone who lives in Perth would know this suburb, it's Thornley, it's south of the river and it, it's a pretty rough area. I think it's gotten better with time but yeah, I grew up in Thornley. Excellent. And did you go to school, school there as well and, and complete school in that area? I did um, go to primary school there, um, a place called Forest Crescent Primary School. Um, but I went to high school in Linwood, so Linwood Senior High School, and again, another rough area, um, better better now, but um, yeah, that's where I went to high school. Her lifestyle was hectic even as a young adult as she balanced full-time university studies with three jobs until she was 20. Having always dreamt of getting into the property investment market, she would work long hours to save up for the deposit for her first property. I went into both actually. I juggled about three jobs while studying the Bachelor of Education at Murdoch University. Um, did that for about three years and then decided I didn't want to become a teacher so I dropped out and got into property full time. I was really just hungry at that time to get into the property market so I thought well if I'm if I'm juggling three jobs, I was tutoring on the side as well, um, then that would help me save enough for a deposit so I could get started on this journey that I really wanted to, to jump into. But obviously, through lack of income, if I wasn't working, that would have been a big um, you know, hurdle for me to overcome. To save up for the deposit, Chi worked many odd jobs before finally investing in her first property at 19. I worked at Hungry Jack's for about six years of my life. So I started there when I was 14 years old. And then um, that was uh, part-time. And then I was juggling an Amart all sports retail role as well. And I worked in a Chinese restaurant as well for a couple of years. I really wanted to jump in as soon as I reached my 18th birthday, but I didn't have the deposit that I needed to, to get in. So it was until my 19th. Um, birthday that I started, yeah, started the journey with the help of my parents, of course. She claims her interest in property manifested with the help of her parents as they are active investors themselves who took Chi to house openings since she was a child. My mum used to take us to home opens when we were young, so that experience alone stayed with me throughout my adulthood and that's where I found my love for property. They started their portfolio a few years ago and they're still active investors now. With her participation in property investment on the side, she acquired her role in the company after dropping out of university at the age of 20. I started out actually when I was 18. I did a telemarketing role for a house and land um, developer. 
um, did that casually for about a year and then jumped into a developer role um, where I did where I didn't do telemarketing anymore, but I did set up a lead generation team. Um, that was at the age of 19, did that for about a year. And then at the age of 20, I jumped into a buyer's agency role um, where I did a lot of admin for a buyer's agent. So I really got to see a buyer's journey from that perspective because that agency didn't sell property. Um, and then I did that for, I think, about two years and then came straight into my role now. In addition to the motivation from her parents, Chi's interest in property also grew based on her passion to learn about real estate. It was kind of a, um, the reason I got into the property industry was because I was purely interested in learning more about it and I couldn't find any courses um, online or in a tertiary education environment where I could learn more and I, I'm the kind of person who learns better through doing rather than theory. So I thought, why not get into um, the real estate industry or the property industry just purely to learn and it turned into a career from there. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into Patricia Chee's property investment journey on how she became a property investor. So um, we decided to buy a vacant block of land with the help of my parents when I was 19. The case of her worst property investment. So the next property I purchased was an off-the-plan apartment, which is a really big mistake. How she intends on growing her property portfolio. It was such a great feeling to not have to save that deposit and to purely leverage off, you know, the growth of the previous property to fund the next purchase. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. This episode is brought to you by MeBank, a different kind of bank built and supported by industry super funds. You could be getting a better deal on your home loan by getting in touch with MeBank. They offer competitive rates and two loan types, one with a range of features including the ability to fix your rate and have multiple offset accounts and another that's nice and simple with no ongoing fees. Both loans provide the flexibility of interest only or principal and interest. So whatever your investment strategy, you'll find a home loan that's right for you. Stop wondering and start saving by giving MeBank a call on 131 563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now back to the show. Are you looking at buying property? Unsure which suburb to choose? Let me share with you an amazing tool. It's called Location Score and it's the simplest way to decide where to buy profitable property all over Australia. Created by property experts Ben Kingsley, Bryce Holloway and Jeremy Shepard. You can check it out at propertyinvestory.com forward slash location score. Also, when you buy through my affiliate link, I'll give you one month access to the Property Investory Club where you can learn from the experts and be part of a private property investing community made at $99. Visit propertyinvestory.com forward slash location score to claim your special offer. Chi's property investment journey began when she purchased her first property at 19 with every intention to build on it. So um, when I reached 19, I thought, right, I 
I want to have financial freedom when I'm older because I could see that my parents were aging as well and they've always told me they never wanted to burden us with um, them getting older and for us to fund their retirement. I thought, well, I want that same thing for myself as I get older. So um, we decided to buy a vacant block of land with the help of my parents when I was 19. Um, had every dream in the world to build on it, but unfortunately, due to lack of borrowing capacity, I couldn't. So we sold it a few years later um, for a slight profit. While she did not make a huge profit on the property, she was able to use the returns to leverage her next investment. Her next property investment, however, did not end on such a sweet note. It wasn't a huge profit. By the time you added um, stamp duty, there was no profit. But because we had paid down the principal enough, um, once we had sold and paid out the loan, my parents gifted me 50% of what was left over and I used that as a deposit for my next property. So the next property I purchased was an off-the-plan apartment, which is a really big mistake. Um, I worked for a property developer at the time and a lot of my colleagues were telling me, you know, you can write down, uh, write, write a contract, purchase the property and once it finishes building in two years, just sell it off for a profit. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work out that way. Amounting to $50,000 loss, Chi claims the mistake provided her with a huge learning experience. So we held on for about five years and we sold after five years because we couldn't afford the strata fees. They were extremely high um, and we sold for a $50,000 loss and that was my first you know, moment where I doubted myself somewhat for making that mistake. Um, but it was a lesson that I thought was quite valuable at the time because I wasn't highly leveraged with a lot of properties and I could afford to make that kind of mistake. So, yeah, it was a huge learning curve. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds really, yeah, I guess a, a big lesson to be learned. Um, why, why that particular property? Because I guess you said you worked for a developer, but um, didn't they provide all the information for you to be able to make that decision that, that would actually potentially be you know, a growth property? <laughs> what happened? The developer provided all the information to help sell the property, not so much educate a buyer on what kind of properties would grow in value. So a lot of the, you know, the information they gave me was location, rental, yield, how much you could get, but they were all projections. They weren't actually um, hard figures because the property hadn't finished yet and we hadn't tested the market to see who would rent a place like that. Um, so no, there was no education behind the developers. It was purely just information to, to sell the property, which I understand you know, from a selling point of view, but certainly from a buying point of view, um, I wouldn't recommend brand new builds just because there's so much what we call fat in the building um, and not so much the land. And we know land appreciate in value and building depreciates in value. So something with a bit more land value will probably work better for long-term capital growth. Um, but if you're looking at high rental income, then of course, the new properties will probably generate that better for you. She currently owns five properties, however, plans to grow her portfolio by leveraging her equity for future property investments. They're all in Metro WA, um, all within close proximity to either the CBD or the ocean. I've got a three-by-one duplex in a uh, suburb called Carlisle, so it's a bit of a dated property, um, but it's fitting on a good land component. Um, and then I've got a renovated duplex, which I had renovated myself in a location called Dianella. Um, both of these suburbs are relatively close to the city. 
Um, and then I've got a three-by-one house uh, in a suburb called Hamilton Hill, which is close to the coast. Um, that's sitting on a duplex block. Um, and then I've got a three-by-one dated house in a suburb called Forestfield, and that, again, is sitting on a duplex block as well. Um, and my latest purchase was a two-by-one townhouse in a suburb called Como, which is Riverside. Um, and that's a little bit dated, but not as dated as the others. Can you sort of just explain to listeners, what does dated mean in your, I guess, opinion? Because, yeah. Dated is old, <laughs> to put it nicely. Yeah, so just, um, you know, a property that needs a bit of loving care. With the purchasing of her fourth property, she realised the significance of leveraging using equity. It's my fourth property. That was my aha moment. Um the third property I bought had was purchased at a pretty good price in a pretty good location and within the first year it had grown by about 80000 and so I used that equity to fund my next purchase and subsequently um, my, my purchases after that were funded purely by the growth in my previous property purchases. And I found that the deposit is the hardest part of property investment and because I had to do that three times, the aha moment on the fourth property was just, it was such a great feeling to not have to save that deposit and to purely leverage off, you know, the growth of the previous property to fund the next purchase. Chi's property journey started off with data properties simply because of their affordability. However, after already working with a few, Chi is happy to buy more as she sees their future worth on a, an affordability level. So my first purchase being a, a half duplex, um, just it was easier to get into that market. I, I wanted, I was fixed on the location that I wanted to purchase in, but because houses were a lot more expensive than my borrowing capacity, I thought a duplex would um, kind of fit the bill and help me get a foot in the door in that area. So that's basically why I've decided to purchase the half duplexes. What's been one, any of the biggest challenges that you faced with building a portfolio of five properties at this point in time? Whenever I get a vacancy, like when a tenant leaves, that can be um, quite challenging because you've got a reduced income coming through from your rentals. So it just means you've got to top up a little bit more. Um, I find that sometimes the maintenance on an older property can really eat away at your savings when you're constantly doing um, repairs or renovations. Yeah, so that can eat into, um, you know, the savings and it, it makes it a little bit harder to maintain that portfolio. Um, but those, I find, are, are kind of, they're, they're little things that will get to you. But if you look at the overall picture where you're looking at capital growth and how much it will grow in time, it kind of makes it all worthwhile. By continuing to invest in property, she hopes to gain a bit more financial freedom and do the things she really enjoys in the years to come. My biggest why is probably I, that I don't want to be working full-time for the rest of my life and I don't want to be part of um, that rat race that we all find ourselves stuck in. So that's probably a big why for me. But another one is that you know once that portfolio grows and I've got a little bit more financial freedom that I can do the things I love like travel and and work at the same time but work remotely and just experience the world. 
So, inspired by Patricia Chi's story, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode where we talk about how she finds the right properties to fit her personal conditions. Once you do your research online in terms of uh, the zoning in an area, then you start looking for properties that have come available for sale and I usually do a map search. The marketing side of things behind property buying and investment. So, um, I guess when we market a property, um, you we always have the impression that you've only got one chance to make a, a first impression and so um, photography is critical and professional photography is highly recommended. She's own detailed experiences with her property investments. I did a renovation a couple of years ago on um, one of my duplexes and that that worked in attracting a quality tenant. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. Also, are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to get your copy right now. Thanks for listening. If you love the show and you're ready to get serious about saving on your home loan, give MeBank a call. MeBank is the bank built by industry super funds, famous for their competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So, whatever your investment strategy, you'll find the loan that's right for you. Call MeBank on 131 563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. 